Hey, this is Billy Claudio. I'm the pastor of Oasis Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope you find freedom today through the gospel. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you doing this morning? I'll wait till the table gets placed. Thank you, Mr. Pollitt. All right, good morning, everybody. I want to welcome everybody here. If you're a first-time guest, if you're online with us, I want to give a special good morning. Give a special good morning to you. If you're new to Oasis, we're glad you joined us. If you're a non-believer, I encourage that today you came here with an open ear and a mind that needs to be fed by something, and that is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And um, I also want to just say one last thing. Um, it's a privilege for me to be up here. And so I'm very honored. And as, as I share a little bit about my story, you're going to probably understand or, or maybe see where I'm coming from. We're like, wow, what a shock that I'm up here. So I want to thank Pastor Billy and Don. It's not funny, Don. Not yet. I want to thank them for giving me the opportunity to do this today, to speak and, and, and deliver the Word of God. And so for me, that's an unbelievable privilege. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Brian. I'm the youth pastor here, and so I want to just invite a little bit of an element to youth ministry here. So can I get an amen from anybody who likes kids? I don't know if I buy it. So one thing that we do in youth ministry is we always want to, like, get a little excitement, right? Who's a little bit tired? Who's a little bit groggy? <clears throat> Nobody's groggy. Have we been up? Okay. So I always do this. I, always, I don't have money, so I have 100 grand bars. And I want to love on you, so I got kisses. So who wants a little chocolate to start your day? Who wants a... Tom, love it. Love it. See that form? 100 grand? 100 grand? Louie, here we go. Lois. Who needs some love? Who needs some love? Don. Don said, give me the bucket. A little bit more, a little bit more love. Who wants some love and money? Who wants some love and money? Who wants some more? That's it. Okay. You get some love and money. Fantastic. We'll have uh, one of the ushers hand this out at the end. Actually, this is because I have diabetes. And just in case I get low during the service, got plenty of sugar. Plenty of sugar. Okay, so I want to give you guys just a little bit of expectation um, what I want you to be expecting today. Because everybody came here today, it was a choice, right? You didn't have to come here. You could have enjoyed the 150 degrees and the humidity at home, that would have been good. Or who here has kids? Let's be really honest, who can't wait for school to start? <laughs> right? Uh, me and my wife this, this week, we looked at each other. Uh, I think comatose from the chaos, and I'm like, babe, you know what's awesome? Is this, and I give a shout out to the teachers, because this year I heard they're trying something new, 24-hour school. <laughs> they're going to try it for the first three to six months of the year, kick the tires, see how it goes, so let's pray. Let's pray for teachers. Elizabeth, you're a teacher and a mom, girl. Sorry. Sorry. No, but the expectation for today, let's have some fun. Who, could have some, who, who wants to have some fun talking about Jesus and all the things that he brings to your life? Yeah. 
So I would love some amen, some that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Some hallelujahs. <laughs> and more importantly, I want you to have one big expectation. It's for God to show up today <clears throat> and do something in your life that you had no idea was going to happen today. Can I get an amen on that one? <laughs> I get an amen for the 100 grand bars, but not that. <clears throat> so today, we're going to be continuing our Savage series, and I'm going to be talking about Moses. So <clears throat> for those of you that don't know Moses, the dude was savage. So much favor, <clears throat> excuse me, got a hundred grand stuck in my throat. So much favor, and, um, but he didn't always have that, right? He, I'm sorry, he had favor, but he wasn't always in alignment, right? And so I, as we're talking today, I want you guys to um, be re paying really close attention to how you can relate to Moses. Thousands of years ago is still relevant today. Yeah, 2022, very relevant today. Maybe mo now more than ever. So today, the t uh, my title that I chose was Vertical Alignment. And I wanted to go through and just clarify what I mean by this, but the whole premise is being, in, being vertically aligned with God, right? So do we have the definition here for alignment? <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so alignment. I'll just read it from the... There we go. There we go. Alignment. Is an arrangement in a straight line or in concert or appropriate relative positions. The tiles had slipped out of alignment. Second part, a position of agreement or alliance, the uncertain nature of political alignments. So to cement this one bit further, who here has ever had a car where the alignment's off? Right now. Everyone. Everyone, right? So when you're driving, you're trying to get to a destination, and you hop in your car, and you're cruising along, I'm sorry, 10 and 2. You're cruising along 10 and 2, and all of a sudden you're starting to drift. You know where you want to go. You're doing your best to get there, but the car is fighting against you. And you're constantly having to steer it. How frustrating is that? And the longer you let it go without correction, the more your alignment gets off. And some of you, your alignment in your car is so bad, you're like drifting, right? <laughs> And so, the hope for today is that you see, you know what, yeah, alignment with God is critical to get to where I want to go. So hopefully today as we're talking, you hear some things from God like, where am I going? Where am I supposed to be going? You know, because we all have things in our life, we all have places to go. And you can be in favor with God, you can do your best to go straight, but life happens. A lot. That knocks you off. And so, we're going to go through all kinds of different examples here, but I want you to be thinking. Like, if you, if you know where you and your wife want to go in your marriage, but just something just seems to be off. You're constantly being pushed to the side. So the invitation there would be to bring God into that to help Unify you first and bring you in alignment. It's good. It's good. You, want a, you want a candy bar? <laughs> Remember, it's youth ministry too. Some of you, maybe it's at your job. You wake up disgruntled, frustrated, don't like your boss. Someone says anything to you and it knocks your alignment off. 
As a parent, you wake up, you got your own garbage going on. This happens a lot with me. You got your own things you're processing, your alignment is being challenged, and all of a sudden, chaos, kids, this, that, mom, dad, dude, whatever. And your alignment is pushed. And then all of a sudden, your response to your kids, to your wife, to your coworker, isn't godly. And you feel this wrestle within yourself, this tension building. So just because you have favor, just because you want alignment, doesn't mean that life will all of a sudden be easy and straight and no problems. You might get to a destination, and guess what? The next destination that God calls you to, which will happen, your alignment will be in check again. So I want to share with you a little bit about my life. I'll try to keep this real quick. Um, and those that know me <laughs> are laughing. Um, nothing is quick with what I do. But I'll, I'll try to be quick here. So way back when, 2000 to 2010, I was living my life with a lot of favor, but no alignment. It's like my steering wheel was completely just all over the place. I felt good. Things were happening. Things were falling into place. Very successful, but my alignment with my creator didn't exist. So I'm going through enjoying all kinds of great times, and then all of a sudden, 2007, 2008, the market crashes and we lose everything. And all of a sudden, the favor was challenged, and I wasn't walking with God. I knew him. I was raised Catholic school, but there was no relationship. There was no daily check. There was no plan. There was no destination that I knew where I was going. Lose my house, lose my job. Family actually grows tighter, believe it or not. That was God's protection. Our family unit were locked in a time when it shouldn't have been. So God, didn't know at the time, calls me to move to Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm like, why the heck am I going here? Get here. Life's going again. Things are good. My alignment's better. Laid off again. So in the midst of probably the worst thing I could possibly imagine, sleepless nights, actually, if I, if even, even if I ever fell asleep, the stress and anxiety was so overwhelming. I'm like, what am I doing? Why can't I get any momentum? And then the alignment gets really jacked. Get a phone call. It is the criminal investigation division for the IRS. I'm like, huh, wrong number. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Pay your taxes. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, I engage in this conversation, and what they're saying to me doesn't make any sense. They're making accusations towards me that they're talking about sending me away for 15 to 30 years, and all of a sudden, I'm like, what? And I sit down with them, and they explain to me, wrong place, wrong time, pal. Who you've been working with for the last 10 years? They're the bad guys. So if you don't want to go away for a long time, then you need to come on our side and cooperate. And so at the time, the pressure was so incredibly overwhelming. I was so afraid, I have no choice. So for the next four and a half years, I had to go undercover and try to take down the worst of the worst. And I, I can't tell you how many times I asked God, God, how, why? Are you kidding me? I'm a good guy. And so through all that time is where I found my faith. When I was so desperate for God, all right, God, now, now you got my attention. Fast forward 
you want to have coffee sometime, we'll fill in the details. And all of a sudden, I do my thing. I'm indicted. I'm sentenced. Do my little probation time. Life is good because I'll tell you what, you know what's crazy? One of the biggest reasons I did not do any time was my thousands of hours of service to the church. The judge said that in my sentencing. So anyways, now I'm like, okay, my alignment's good, 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 here we go, let's roll. A couple years later, get a call. Thanks for all you did, but now it's time to take the stand. And I'm like, wait a second, my alignment's good. Remember I talked about this? And then something knocked my alignment off again. I will tell you the fear that I was feeling, I can't even verbalize it. And then one day, this was the moment, this is my, this is my burning bush, fast forward to the story I'm going to talk about in a little bit. My moment of clarity. I'm in my room and I'm like on my knees praying like I've never prayed before. Crying. God. God, God, God. Whatever you got to do, bro. Make it happen. I can't do this. Pray for a long time. And I'm like, okay, Andrea, let's be, let's be normal for one more day before I have to fly out. Don't know if I'm coming home. On that car ride, get a call. U.S. Attorney, they just pled guilty. Case closed. <laughs> now that's great, right? Brought my alignment back, but it was just the beginning. It was just my beginning. It was my moment of clarity where I'm like, okay, God, you've protected me. You've showed me favor. I feel like I am Moses right now talking up here. We're going somewhere together. Buckle up, buddy, because it's about to get bumpier. So we can all kind of relate to moments of frustration, fear, potentially life-threatening crash. When your alignment's off, you're driving your car in danger. So today, join with me. Keep the amens, keep the that's goods going. But I want you to really focus in on how's your alignment and where you're going. Most of us have no clue where we're going. Okay, let's pray. Father God, I just uh, thank you so much for all that you do. You are the God Almighty. Thank you for sending your son to die for us. Thank you for giving us opportunity to worship you, Father. So today, as I'm up here, Father, let the words be directly from you and let them pierce the ears, the mind, the body, and the soul of everybody in here. Let today be one of those defining moments that allows people to not be afraid, to walk within you, to walk towards you, to pursue you like never before. And every time trouble comes, they call on you. So Father, we love you and we praise you. In your son's name. And all the people said? Amen. Okay. So like I said today, the title of the message is Vertical Alignment. And there's a couple points that I want to really focus in on today. Number one is the destination. Where is God calling you to go? So for mo most people, when you ask this question, they don't have the first clue. Trust me, been there. Actually, last weekend I was there. And that's why it's so important that you don't just randomly talk to God. We went to this conference in Alabama, and in my breakout session, it was talking about how to get youth students to better understand the Word of God, which is great. That's an amen. But more importantly, how to live it out. 
Because you can read and you can memorize. That doesn't mean anything. And so what they said to me was really kind of eye-opening, but it was from the time you're a teenager all the way through the rest of your life. If you want to be in alignment with God, it starts with prayer. Then it starts with the Word, and then it's worship. And worship isn't just raising your hands and singing. It's how you honor your, your Lord every day. And they said that that by itself isn't enough. They did this massive study, Church of the Highlands, massive study. If you don't do that for 30 to 90 minutes, four to seven days, you won't progress. Four to seven days. So Sunday service, I love it. I love seeing y'all. But this can't be your end-all, be-all. This can't be your only faith builder. How do you live your life when you leave here? This is a celebration time. You can't use, they said something to me that was kind of like, wow, that's awesome. You can't use church as your education. It should spark the desire for you to want to pursue the word and have a better life, better relationship with God. Yeah. (laughs) Next is the demand. How does God want you to fulfill the call? Again, a bunch of words. They're like, dude, what are you saying? You're going to have lots of calls in your life. And how you're expected to fulfill How are you getting there? Are you willing to submit to his lordship? And with that, there's two parts to it. Accepting Jesus, there's, there's two parts to it. The salvation part is the easy one. Because guess why? Rescue me, Jesus. Yes, I'll accept you as my lord and savior. Please, I need something better. That's easy, right? The hard part is calling him Lord and fully submitting. Salvation, that is good. Candy bar. But to the salvation, I remember when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, it felt hard. I felt like everybody on the planet was looking at me and my struggles, my past, and who's that dude? How are you going to succeed? But until I started submitting to the Lord, I didn't understand what the demand of being a Christ follower meant. And now every battle I'm in, I hunker down, hunker down. It's the word, it's worship, it's prayer. It's locking my arms with my brothers. If you live in life in isolation, I'm going to pray for you today. Can't do it. Can't do it. So some of this, you know, like we want things, right? We want a different destination. To be a better spouse, a better parent to love your church, well, guess what? It takes intentionality from you. You call Oasis your home, you love your church, what does that look like? I love my spouse, what does that look like? Am I so intentional about dating her, loving her, honoring her, lifting her up, praying with her, celebrating her, coveting her? My kids, same thing. I need an amen for that one. I need some prayer for that one. Rick Flair is in the house. <laughs> and the last part is the details. This is the part where I think people get their alignment really jacked up. They hit curbs every day and all of a sudden they're doing circles. The details, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you? This is a tough one, right? This is the daily instruction on how ultimately you'll reach your destination. I know where I want to go. I know what God wants from me, but it's the daily stuff, right? How easy does our alignment and our our destination gets foggy and whatever if we don't do the daily stuff? 
Now this, I guarantee everyone can, we're all on the same page in this one. Heck, getting out of bed sometimes is a challenge. Fighting for God, fighting for somebody else? Dude, have you seen my life? Get in alignment. Have passion. Okay, story time. Who's ready? We're going to the book of Exodus. If you have your paper Bibles, get there. If you have your apps, get there. I'm going to give a little context because I'm going to, there's so much that happens in Exodus. If I was going to use all of Exodus, we'd be here for, what, nine months. There's so much that happens. So if I skip around too much, I encourage you, get into it on your own. Study it. If you have questions, call Pastor Billy. He's got all kinds of time. <laughs> so back in the day, the Israelites were in captivity, right? Pharaoh had them all in slavery. He was living his high life. He was loving it. Um, there were so, ma- so many Israelites, he was actually getting a little bit worried. So he had a call out to all the boys, all the new baby boys, I'm going to kill these guys. I'm getting worried. Their army is mounting. Moses is born. He already has favor, right? He's protected. Mom protects him. You know, send him down the river. Fast forward. Pharaoh's daughter takes him in. So he ends up actually living in the house of Pharaoh. He's a Hebrew, but he lives in the house of Pharaoh. So right there, that's a lot of protection. It's like, it's like the Trojan horse, right? He's living with the enemy. So he goes through his life. He gets older. He knows his heritage. And then all of a sudden, we're going to pick it up here. He's older now. Exodus 2, we're going to go 11 through 15. Moses flees to Midian. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. So the Egyptian slave masters worked, them, worked, the, worked the slaves really hard, really brutal. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, looking this way and that and seeing no one. He killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. Wow. This is one of God's chosen people. He had favor. But he wasn't lying right here. He reacted to a horrible injustice. Who here has ever reacted to a horrible injustice? Yep. Yep. I'm not just a sinner. I call myself a repenter. I think that summarizes me more. I'm a repenter. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must become known. See, to me, this, this made me stop in my tracks as I was reading it. So just think about in your lives. You commit a wrong, and you come to somebody, and all of a sudden, the daggers are thrown. Well, who are you? You get into an argument with your spouse. Hey, I want to come to you with a concern or a problem or whatever. And all of a sudden, it turns into something. It's like, it's like we lose our unity. Continue on. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Lots had happened. So here's the point of this part. He was afraid. I don't want to die. Pharaoh's going to do me good. So he leaves. He leaves. So fast forward, Exodus 3, 4 through 14. This is Moses, where he's starting to get close to the moment of clarity. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him, from within the bush. Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. 
Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your, I'm sorry, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look. How many times have we heard the call or heard God reach out to us or ask God, be there? And all of a sudden he's there and, whoa, I didn't think you were going to be here. <laughs> but, but for real, I think this really trips up a lot of people. I want to be better. I was afraid. I made a bunch of mistakes. Okay, now I'm ready to come back to you, God. Oh, you're here? Well, I'm not ready yet. It's terrifying. And I th- at this part, I was thinking, Billy and Don back in South Carolina many moons ago, you think they were afraid at the call? God, we're calling you to, to Scottsdale, Arizona. Big time call. Big time afraid. It's God. They want to hear from God, and all of a sudden you hear from God, and it's like, well, wait a sec. Am I ready for this? Hearing from God doesn't mean it's going to be comfortable, right? Sorry, I lost my place here. Here we go. Here I am. Not coming closer. Here we go. Seven. Thank you. Just like, just like back in the hub, girl. Keep me, on, keep me on line. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because they're slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. Think God's concerned about your suffering? What are the things that are holding you captive? What are your slave drivers today? What is holding you in captivity? God sees that he wants something different from you, but you're a slave. Your own thoughts, your, your, yourself is usually the biggest thing that holds you captive. Your fears, your doubts. I'm captivity to my depression, my anger, my frustration, my environments, my flesh. This is a time of confession. By the way, this is me talking about my own life. So I have come down to rescue you from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. This is what I just talked about. Like when you're reading these, like when I'm talking to my students, this, this, it, this, this is where understanding the context of the scripture is critical. You're like, blah, 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 Moses, this, that, whatever. I don't live in the desert. I don't live in the sand. I don't. Understanding what he's trying to get here, living in captivity is, is terrible. And this message ultimately at the end hopefully brings people freedom or a hope of freedom or a desire of freedom. Because living free with God, there's nothing like it. Amen. I don't have a sentence for you for that. You've got to experience it. Yeah. And it's a journey. In the land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Lots, lots of ites. And now the cry to the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, and I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Here's the doubt, right? How can I do this? You kidding me? I can't do this. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. 
This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you to me. Man, what a moment of clarity, huh? Like, what a, what a great alignment right there. Having God the Father. Fast forward again. I'll try to stay on time, too. I'm going to try to give you an expectation of finishing. Exodus 4, 19-23. Moses returns to Egypt. Now the Lord has said to Moses and Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. That's good. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. The Lord said to Moses, When you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I have given you the power to do. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. What? Just so you know, I read the book of Exodus five times this week, and I'm like, is my book a typo? Really? Think about this. You're, you're, you're in alignment. God, God giving you the call. Yeah, I'm going to go. Yep, you got to do this. Oh, and guess what? When you get there, it's going to suck. I'm going to make it suck. Wow. <laughs> right? Then say to the Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son, and I told you, let my son go. So he may worship me, but you, refu- you refuse to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn son. Again, what? So just to give you a little context here, um, Moses was, was born Hebrew but lived in the house of Pharaoh. So they're talking about the covenant that God promised, and to fulfill a portion of the covenant, you had to circumcise your firstborn. And he didn't do that. So then there's a point where God actually meets Moses and says, bro, thanks, I'm going to kill you. And then wife jumps in, circumcises their firstborn, throws him at the feet of Moses to fulfill that portion of the covenant. It was this, this thing that had to happen before Moses would be blessed as the deliverer. And again, like, how many times do you feel like, I'm doing the right thing. I treat my wife well. I even tithe. But yet, God, where's the favor? Where's the blessing? Because you, you look at the story of Moses, you're like, man, he, he, was, he was favored? He was the man? Most people say he's the second most talked about in the Bible next to Jesus. Whoa. Okay, here we go. Exodus 14, 13-31. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. I'm sorry. I have to give you context here. So when he goes back to talk to Pharaoh about, hey, God says, let my people go. There's this battle, this, this no, get out of here, man. I'm not letting your people go. Go back, to, go back to your woods. Go to the wilderness. Pharaoh gets all upset. So they used to provide stuff for them to do their work. And he's like, nah, forget that. Now they have to get their own stuff. And he makes their work in slavery so difficult. It's brutal. Moses goes back to God and said, Dude, I did exactly what you said. I said to Pharaoh what you told me to say, and now look. I thought my people had it bad before. Now it's unbearable. So he spends a lot of time out there, and then God gives him the second call. Now it's time. Let's go back. Let's bring my people freedom. Moses answered the people. I'm sorry. As, as, he, as he talks to Pharaoh again, Pharaoh says, fine, get out of here. So now they're, they're leaving. Moses is taking them out. And then Pharaoh's like, wait, did I just do that? Where, where's my do-over? That's a mulligan. No, go get him. Go get my people. 
Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. He's given them instructions where to go. But it doesn't look so good. You've got a gigantic body of water in front of you. You've got a bunch of dudes ready to kill you from behind. How many times does that feel like life sometimes? No matter which door you open, relationship you start, whatever. Huge challenge. Unwinnable challenge. Behind you is worse. It's coming. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his armor, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. I love this part of the story. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to, the other, to one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. Like, think about how terrifying that would be. You're literally running for your life. You can't figure out how to go forward. And then all of a sudden you're living in darkness. Now that we can relate to. The unknown. Who's, who's coming? What next? You know, you have unwinnable in front, fear from behind, nowhere to go. But then, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. Like you talk about, God rescue me, my indictment, my taking the stand. God rescue me. The waters start to part for you. Think about the hope that would bring. Most importantly, the wow, the fear of the Lord, right? It's an amazing part. Uh, I'm going to pick it up. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and clawed at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so they had difficulty driving. The Egyptians said, Let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them. And if you keep fighting with God, at some point the enemies will be like, oh, All right, let's back off. Enough is enough. Let's no longer pursue this because these people have God on their side. They've brought God into this fight. I don't want to go there. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept them into sea. The water flowed and covered the chariots of horsemen, the entire army and Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. No one survived. And you think about that story, and I want to tie it getting back into alignment in a second. But like this story, I hope this has spoken to you just a little bit about, man, I can relate to Moses. I mean, he was like 1,400-ish years before Jesus came around. 
So over 3,000 plus years ago, and it's still relevant today. And I want you to be thinking about what in my life is calling me to some place. Am I even, am I even listening, am I looking to God to give me a destination? You know, how many times do you hear, oh, I haven't heard from God? Well, what are you doing? What environments are you putting yourself into here to be inspired? Be at church, be in the word, be worship, always be in fellowship, be around other people that encourage you. Start, get, start getting rid of things in your life that bring destruction and distraction. Start putting up healthy barriers. And, and again, like this conference has enlightened so much in me. And I'll live my life differently forever. I talked to so many pastors there about inviting prayer in first. It's preparing the soil for the seed, for the blessing. We want the blessed life, right? Everyone wants a blessed life. They want a great life, a great marriage, parents, or to be great parents. All these things, they want favor. But what are you doing to water the soil? Do you pray at home? Do you pray over your kids? Do you pray with your kids? Do you invite the Holy Spirit into your home? Or do you do drive-bys on Wednesday nights and Sundays? And that's not a criticism. I, I want something different for you. But guess what? It's not easy. It takes work. To get to, you, you know, have you ever seen somebody that's so on fire for the Lord and you're like, whoa. Either get him some medication or I want some. <laughs> but man, being around people that have a passion for the Lord, there's nothing like it. And guess why? Because they live immersed in the Spirit. So back to vertical alignment, the destination. Okay? Are you ready to go where God is calling you? Are you really ready? Knowing that it's going to be maybe scary. You're going to have doubts. I mean, Moses went back to God. Okay, God, I'm going. Are you sure? God, are you sure? That's why being completely in alignment takes work. I just challenge you, if you want to feel what the alignment is and the blessed life and all that stuff, give it a shot. What do you have to lose? You only have to gain. You only have great things to gain. The demand, are you willing to fully submit to Jesus? I mean, this is like the million-dollar question, right? So you have to ask yourself, what does it mean to fully submit? Have I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and do I call him Lord? The details, can you follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit that delivers you to your called destination? Mm. Man, this, th these are all just like so, so tough, but man, on the other side of it, it's so good. You know, I look, at, I look at Moses, he left Egypt as a murderer and came back a deliverer. You know, and I think, man, he had, he had favor. And if you, if you sit and analyze your life, you probably can think about tons of times where you're like, wow, I don't know how I got out of that one. I don't know what happened there, but whoa, something saved me there. 
even before you're really walking. Go to God, get in alignment, and then come back redeemed and deliver yourself and hopefully everyone in your circle with you. You have to be a model. And church, I'll be honest, it starts with us as a church body. Don't just lean on your pastors and your elders to lead you. We can encourage, we can equip, but man, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Pray. I'm gonna put the pressure on you guys because before church I was praying and I had this vision of 50. Literally, he spoke the word 50 people coming forward today for prayer. It's not about just you. It's not about, hey, I'm desperate, please save me. Come together in agreement with somebody up here and pray for something great to happen. Pray for marriages to be changed. Pray for schools to bring back the word. Pray for yourselves. Pray for, pray for something big. Don't pray for a good day. Pray for something that you need to be in agreement with somebody else for you to all of a sudden start having the faith that this is going to work. And guess what? Next Sunday, do it again. And next Sunday, do it again. And when you go home with your wife, do it there. Pray for your kids. Pray for yourself. Have worship music playing. Serve. Don't just call this your home and you just do like this little 90-minute thing a week. Serve. Invite your friends to serve. Don't keep this place a secret. Preach the gospel. You're all ministers. And if you don't believe it, well, we're going to work on you. Because you are. I mean, Jesus chose how many people? 12 million? No. 12. To go. Seek and save the lost. So don't think, well, I'm just one dude. What am I going to do? How can I preach the word of God in my workplace? Live it. Be it. Well, my marriage is struggling. My kids can't stand me. Get in line. My marriage isn't struggling. My kids can't stand me. <laughs> but you have to constantly revisit your alignment. I can't stress this enough. Like I, I felt so overwhelmed. I'll just tell you this real quick before I move to close. I had a different message written. <laughs> right. She gave me the two. I had a whole different message written. At the conference, last day, Thursday, I'm overwhelmed. God almost audibly speaks this to me. The church needs to hear this. Heck, I need to hear this. So for the last two days, zero sleep, praying, worshiping, God, give me the words. You know what I was saying yesterday? Doom. So you thought, I don't want to do it. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted, but guess what? This had to be done. Somebody needed to hear this today. Hopefully, all of you did. And now, please don't let this message go to waste. How many times do you hear, what a great message, and then six months later, what was that about? So take, take something from this. What's your destination? What's your demand? And what are the details? Three Ds. That's it. You got to go to the big guy for the rest of it. 
and live it. Be in it every day. It's my encouragement. So for those of you that have already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've heard the book of Exodus numerous times, I hope that today has stirred something in you that activates, activates a fire. Don't rest in the fact that you go to church all the time. Man, do something, because guess what? God never wants you to sit still. Give, give, give it to him. God, where do you want me to go now? How do I get there? Let's roll. Holy Spirit, let's do this. Maybe there's a project in your community. Maybe it's, maybe it's rekindling your marriage. Maybe it's getting, I mean, this Wednesday night, what a, I mean, it's going to be great. This Wednesday, cleaning your church, honoring the Lord with making this attractive and just cleaning it. I can't wait. I don't know how to clean, but I'm going to clean. <laughs> I ask you, what are you willing to do those that have already accepted Jesus and you, and you feel like you're lying, what are you willing to do to get back in alignment? Because I promise you, your alignment's not perfect. And I felt like this week, the power of prayer is so, so crazy important. I'm going to pray for that right now. I ask that you all come together in agreement. Father God, we just, uh, we just give you thanks for following your son. We're thankful for the opportunity to be inspired by your word. Father, I just ask that you speak today that call you Lord. That you rekindle something within them that makes them just desperate to do something for the kingdom. To every day just feel like they just crave it so bad they can't function until they're immersed in the word. They're reading their Bible every single day and they're starting to live it out. Father, speak to those people today and give them a new destination. Give them, the, give them the demand, the call in their life, and give them the details through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And for those of you that are new to church, you have not yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you heard about Moses today, I'm praying for people, I'm talking about all kinds of crazy stuff, you're like, dude, I have no idea what's going on. It all starts with the invitation, and Jesus wants to invite you to the table. Years ago, I remember sitting down with Pastor Billy. I'm like, dude, I have no clue what you're saying. I want to go where you're talking about. That place sounds cool. I'm not equipped. I'm not your guy. I, don't, I still don't know if I'm the guy, but I'm up here preaching. Preaching. <laughs> so I want to invite you to the table. And I ask for just a, um, a moment of boldness. If today you want to accept Jesus as your Lord, don't raise your hand. Stand up. Stand up. If you have not accepted Jesus and you're desperate for it right now, this is risky for a, for a pastor to do. Because if no one stands up, man, what does that say? Stand up. Or if you feel a different rekindled spirit and you want to do something different, then stand up. If you feel called that this message is speaking directly to you, that you know what, my alignment's off and I want a new alignment, stand up. I'm going to keep saying it until people stand up. Thank you. Heads of the church, stand up, because guess what? They know their alignment needs to be checked. Man, God, you told me everyone was going to stand. Thank you. Everyone needs to stand here. Father God,
we give you so much thanks and praise that today's a new day. That we're going to check our spirit. We're going to check our alignment. We're going to check, God, where are you calling us to go? And I just pray that, God, we're no longer okay with being okay and comfortable. I ask, Father, that you make church a place where people desperately need to go. They can't do without it. Because here is the word. It's praise. It's prayers. It's worship. It's fellowship. It's people that can help lift me up to live a better life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I got Dawn's mic, sorry. All right, everybody. Hello, there we go. He wasn't expecting me to come. Nobody was expecting me to come up. I tell you, that was a, a dynamic message um, that we needed desperately. One of the things I'm going to challenge our church to do is that was an easy message to respond to. And if you struggled responding, we need alignment, don't we? Every one of us, as soon as he said, if you think you need some realignment, I knew in a moment's notice, and I, again, I'm, I, I'm a pastor at the church. I, I was like, I need that. This was an easy message to respond. And if you struggled responding, I want you to say, God, help me not be someone that resists burning bush experiences. You see, God showed up and said, hey, come on. And some of us were like, oh, we can't be like that, can we? We have to be ready to respond. We have to be ready for God to say, jump, and let's go, ha, ha, right? Not forced in, but ready to, ready to move, ready to respond, ready to be in that place of God. And I want to encourage you, if you resist it a little bit, tell yourself, I'm not going to live that way any longer. I am going to respond to God with my life. Because if we do, if we're obedient in God in this position of openness to say, I'm ready to jump when you say, God, I'm ready to go, it's going to change the dynamic of Oasis Community Church. We're not going to resist the Spirit. We're going to be open to what God is doing. And I just want to challenge you and encourage you. And again, I'm saying this to what Brian said. If you didn't feel that, if you knew that it was, yeah, me, and you couldn't respond right away, let's say, well, I'm going to get rid of that, that demon off my back, and I'm going to respond to Jesus right now and be ready to do it. Amen? As you go today, we're going to be eating outside. But if you have prayer needs of any kind, we're going to have some prayer ministry team leaders up here. Brian, great job. I love the word. It inspired me. It made me say, yeah, I want to be in alignment. I want to be a person of the word. I want to be a person of prayer. I want to be a testimony for Jesus. I want to be in alignment with what God is doing. I want to be on the destination, knowing I'm going where God has called me to go. And I want all of us to feel that way. Amen. May God bless you. And again, if you need prayer, come up. Go eat. We're going to have some food outside. I know there's, there's lots of pounds of food out there. So please go eat it. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. I really hope God moved in your heart today. And if you're in the Scottsdale area, I'd love for you to come and visit our campus on one of our Sunday services. You can find details to our service times on our website. I also want to thank our faithful givers. By giving towards our podcast, you're able to help us reach people from all over the world for Christ and fulfill the mission of Oasis, which is to love God, love life, and love people. God bless.